Welcome to Malcolm Reed's Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now here's your hosts, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm Malcolm Reed, your host. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. Rochelle, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Malcolm. How about yourself? It's going great. Fantastic, even. Uh, this is episode number three. You know, we've, we've done, number three. done three in a row. We're having a good time with them. And hey, we done got good at it, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> well, first we're going to talk about what we found this week. Yeah, this week. Oh, man, I got to play. I kind of mentioned it a little bit last week, but I got to play with this new um, um, attachment for my Weber grill. It goes on a 22-inch Weber kettle. And what it is, it's like a Santa Maria grill. And you, you've seen those. It's where it's got the adjustable racks, got the crank on them where you can raise and lower the the uh, cooking grate with the cable. And this company called Gabby's Grills makes them. I'm not real familiar with them. They just I kind of looked at their website, but we just uh, were approached and asked if we'd yeah, be interested. Yeah, they said, do you want to try one out? We looked it up and said, you can send it to us. We can't promise, make any promises. But you can send it to us. We'll try it out. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's great. Yeah. I play, I play with it twice. The, you know, the, I didn't want to just do a video and not cook on it. So the first night, um, I put on a Weber grill, just put a couple chimneys of some B and B lump coal in there, and got it getting hot. Uh, season that great because it it comes. I mean, there's no putting it together or anything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they send you this big box and it's in there. You take it out of the box, you put it on top. It's of got the a couple over. zip ties. <laughs> yeah, it's a couple zip ties holding the grate around that little ring, and that's you cut those loose and you're ready to go. But it's just you know freshly put together iron, so it did need a little seasoning. But I just sprayed it with some cooking spray real good and got it good and hot over that lump. And then the first thing I did on it was just threw a flat iron on there. Uh, Flat iron steak, uh, you can get them. I got them at Kroger. They come in this little cryovac package. Man, I love these things. They are a great little steak to throw on the grill and for a quick dinner or something. They're How inexpensive. Much did that one way that you. Um, it was like a little over a pound, a pound and a half. And Kroger that. runs them for like five ninety nine a pound, and they come in a little cryovac bag. And they're you know they're not seasoned or anything, and it says it's cut from uh, the chuck section of the cow. And so it's lean, you know, it's the, the only thing, sometimes they'll have that little strip of uh, sinew that runs kind of down them. You know, you need to get that out. But the, man, cooked medium rare, it's a really good little steak for, yeah, I think I paid nine dinner. bucks for it. And we use it for um, like a steak salad, you know. And that, it, How'd you, you put, season that when you cook the other night? Well, I was kind of going for like a Southwestern style season, but I kept it real simple. Kosher salt. Cracked black pepper and chipotle pepper. That's all I put on it. And I just kind of rubbed uh, that chipotle in after I seasoned it with the salt and pepper. And it kind of uh, changed the color of it. You can smell the smokiness of that pepper. And I let it sit for about an hour while I seasoned that grill grate. You know, I had, the, I had the Gabby grill on there, the Santa Maria attachment on top of that Weber hot. And I just sprayed it good and let it go for about an hour. I mean, I got it blazing hot, hot as I could with the with that lump charcoal because I wanted it to really cook that oil in to coat everything. And then after after those coals started cooling down, it took it about an hour for it to kind of drop temp. That's when I just threw that flat iron on there. And I was surprised how quick it cooked. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, a minute and a half on each side? That was it. I did about a minute and a half, a minute and a half cranked it up a little bit to get it away from the heat and then temp it and man it was already like 120 i said wow because usually you know i I take those flat irons and i cook them about 10 to 12 minutes kind of slow yeah 
after you get a you know like a reverse sear almost on the offside and then sear them but that one i was just trying to play around with this thing and see what kind of the heat was like and i was impressed i mean that that flat iron turned out it great. It was really good. We almost ate the whole flat iron between the three of us for dinner with a salad. You know, it's perfect for, you know, two adults and a kid. And yeah. that's, we uh, we made a green salad. And then and we had, you know, I, I used like a vinaigrette on it. And I thought it really went well with that beef because you could taste the chipotle peppers. You could taste, you know, the, the, the flavor of the meat. And then it went really great with the salad. So if you're trying to eat a little bit healthier, that's something <laughs> which we try to do a couple of days a week, right? You know, you can't just eat eat good stuff all the time. But no, the, the flat iron is really great. And then Tuesday we filmed our flank steak tacos. And that was what took us into the recipe the next day. Um, I fired up, you know, the Weber again. I, I actually scooped out all the ashes of the lump that I started with the night before. Started over fresh. I guess the one bad thing about that attachment is there's no, like, putting the lid on and letting the coals die down and stuff. You just kind of have to... Let it burn out. Well, I used some of those grill gloves that I have and just picked it up and set it on the ground. But it's super hot, so don't put your leg up against it or anything because it will burn the crap out of you. But, you know, set it off and put your lid back on the Weber and it'll put it out. Yeah. So that's the easiest way. Just keep in mind that thing is hot. Um, so for the recipe, I fired it back up again, two chimneys of B&B, uh, got some coals good and hot. And the first thing I wanted to do was make a fire roasted salsa. I wanted a fresh salsa to go with these tacos. And so I just got my vegetables on there and got a good blister on them. Um, tomatoes, onions, jalapenos. I even put the lime and the garlic on there. What were the just, red peppers you used? Uh, those were little Fresnos. Yeah. And I just, are those less hot than jalapenos? Yeah, and I did them for color. I mean, if you could have some red jalapenos, that would work. You could use red bell pepper. Sauce is pretty much whatever you want to put in it. Yeah, you could really get creative in, in that. Yeah, and I seasoned it, just salt and pepper, you a little cumin. the green tomatoes? The Tomatillas, tomatoes, yeah, yeah, you could use those little... Um, um, but so that was a fire roasted sauce. It was easy. The thing that made the flank steak really good was the marinade. Flank steak is real lean, you know, it doesn't have much fat. So it's going to take on the flavor, whatever you put on it. Yeah. And I kind of come up with that marinade. I was searching around on, you know, the internets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, look, and looking for, you know, some ideas on, on something to marinate with. And so I found, found some stuff onto a tequila lime shrimp and tequila lime chicken. I said, man, why don't I do tequila lime beef? Yeah. And so I added some Worcestershire to it, added some flavors that would really go with beef. Because you normally shy away from using booze and injections and marinades. And yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's a place for it. But I yeah. think the tequila went great with it. It cooks off. You don't have to worry about it. It's not going to get you drunk or anything oh, yeah. like that. But it did give it good flavor. Yeah. And it breaks down the beef. The lime juice breaks down the beef. The Worcestershire works on it, works its way into it. So salt and pepper, cilantro, and and. Garlic. Uh, garlic. That's about all you need. A little bit of cumin for some smokiness. And it was, it was real simple. Let it go a couple hours in the yeah. fridge. How long How how long is too long? I mean, I don't think it needs <laughs> to go over. Name. I don't think it needs to go overnight or anything because it'll break the protein in it down too much. I mean, I've, I've, left, I've left some uh, beef marinating overnight and it starts to get mushy it starts really changing the texture of it so i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest going overnight yeah. you know what's the max four to six four hours six. would be you know i you know that's as as much as it would possibly need it's not yeah. gonna get any more flavor at that point and then right before i cooked the, the flank steaks i just seasoned them with a little bit of salt and pepper threw them on the the grape on the santa maria right over the coals you know right at coal level got a sear on the outside um cranked it up and 
kind of finished it off to the doneness I wanted. Now, when I raised them up, I checked the thicker steak, and it was about 95 right in that area. So I thought, you know, hey, I ought to be all right. I should have checked the thin one because <laughs> it was about 10 degrees hotter, I guarantee yeah. you, because it finished a little more on the medium side. But that was cool. Because, you know, sometimes some people want, you know, different degrees of doneness yeah, on their beef. Yeah, I want beef. the rarest piece there is, but then I know, like, your mother, she, yeah. she isn't going to touch anything that's got... We, we, we go rare to medium rare, and that's where we like all our stuff. Mm-hmm. We still want to see some of that red, some of that good blood. That's yeah. flavor. You know, when you're eating beef, that's flavor. A lot of people, oh, it's bleeding. But no, it's not blood. It's just meat juice, delicious meat juice. <laughs> By doing those flank steaks, and you could do a couple of them, and you could do them at all different degrees of doneness. You have a lot of options. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I, I say the a cut like that's better on the medium rare side. We start getting up to medium well and all that. You might as well be eating some hamburger. Make yeah. you a hamburger taco at that point. <laughs> you, you don't you don't want a good steak taco. When we were um, eating, you know, the tacos, I was like, this would be great to you know if you had people over or something, you could do. Couple of these flank steaks be really quick, really easy. Slice them up and have like a taco bar. That's I love doing taco bar. Yeah. I mean, because everybody gets to build their own. You can still have that grill going. Mm-hmm. Throw the tortillas on there, warm them up. You know that that's really fast. Yeah, but you can have all, you know, all kinds of toppings set up. I mean, you've got that three tiered like yeah. serving tray. It's a cheap little three tiered serving tray. I think we picked it up at Sam's. But I'll put bowls of cilantro and uh, peppers and. Pico, yeah, and cheese, and cheese, and put it all around, and put hot sauce at the top on the top layer. You know, put all your tall stuff, put limes, and and it's just really cool when people get to see this three tiered serving thing full of all your different toppings. But, but people like that. You know, yeah. it gives them freedom to make their own, and it's it's really inexpensive. Yeah, you can do a lot of you know meat like that, and it serves a lot of people, and you can't get a whole lot invested in it. But you know, I've done. You could do chicken with it. Long while you're cooking on this thing, you could you, know, you could marinate some chicken. Same kind of marinade. There we go. I'd probably sub out the Worcestershire for for something else. You know, some kind of vinaigrette. You need a little bit of vinegar or something in there with it. But you know, shrimp would be make good tacos. I, you could even do some like al pastor pork. You know, get a good marinade for some pork and do all of that. Cook it on that well, same like rear grill. Steak? I would. You know, that's one I was been wanting to do. I've never done pork steak tacos. Where you could do them in like some some Mexican Southwest you know flavors yeah. type like that, grill those pork steaks off because I love when that fat gets crispy on that pork steak. Mm-hmm. And I would probably want to do some boneless butts for that. Or I mean, you could trim out the butt, but I, that's one I'm gonna try. I've never done pork steak tacos, but get it got me to thinking. Yeah, steak. thinner than you know. You don't want the big yeah. you know inch and a half pork steaks. You just want a butt cut thinner. And then you can cut it up into strips, and it almost be like pork fajitas or something like that. I think that would be good. I guarantee it would be. We're going to try that. But, hey, check out the taco bar, and <laughs> you can make this recipe. It's real easy. But I think the video a, turned out good. One thing that we didn't get to do on Tuesday was the margarita to go with your taco Tuesday. Yeah, see, I, if I'm eating tacos, i got to have margaritas. But No, I, you know, one of my favorite margaritas are real simple. I, I use like Rose's lime juice instead of buying sweet and sour. And I just like a good tequila. I mean, you know, Patron, Patron, the, the silver Patron is one of my favorites. Don Julio, I mean, y'all marinated with Jose for the recipe. Don't <laughs> use the expensive stuff in that. But if I'm going to make a top shelf tequila, you know, a top shelf margarita, I'm going to use a good tequila. And I just like tequila, a little Cointreau, a little lime juice. 
Um, you know, you, you need some a little bit of a splash of orange juice. I like a splash of beer yeah. in my. It, it takes away some of that tartness, and you know that's that's about it. I don't put a whole lot. I um, I like to do like a lime infused simple syrup for the sweetness, so you don't you don't get that heartburn from them like yeah, you get the from Mexican drinks. Yeah, but that's you know the perfect the beer helps with that. Too. The beer take knocks that edge off. But I use, you know, I like them on the rocks, a little salt on the rim. I'm traditional. It's real easy when it comes to, to making a margarita. I'm, I'm not getting. You don't turn down too many margaritas. No, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite concoction drinks. <laughs> so we talked about our video, what we yeah. did this week. You know. Uh, now let's talk about. I'm, I'm gonna start adding this new segment in. Where we, we get a lot of questions. And a lot of the questions are repeat questions. People ask the same type of questions over and over. So one of the questions that we get a lot of times is, this recipe, how long can I expect it to cook with this pound brisket? Or how long can I expect it to cook on my cooker? And I guess the top topic we're going to talk about is time versus temp. Yeah, and I get that all the time. What's the, how long is this, you know, how long is it going to take me yeah, to cook this? Yeah, how long did it take yeah. you to cook this? Well, the biggest thing on me, you know, Time is a factor because people want to know when they're going to put stuff on to be ready to serve it. That's why, that's why you know, everybody wants to know how long is it going to cook? How long do I need to cook it? And I understand that completely because, you know, if you're going to serve some food to somebody, you don't, the last thing you want is everybody to be there and all of a sudden you ain't got it done. Yeah. So you do need to worry about the time. But when I'm cooking, I cook more to color and to internal temperature. And to feel. And when I learned, yeah, and to feel. And when I learned to cook to internal temperature like that, man, it changed the game. I mean, it was like, you know, that's when I started winning all the time because I really started learning how the meat was cooking and when it's done, when to take it off. That's when you nail the tenderness, the doneness, when you learn how to cook to internal instead of time. If you're not cooking to internal, you're kind of cooking blind. Yeah, you really are. And, you know, going by, hey, oh, well, you need to cook a butt eight hours and it's done. Don't ever do that. Um, the thing with cooking the time, you need to always give yourself more time. You can hold. Holding is your friend. When it comes to cooking barbecue, big meats hold. Man, I won't, I'm not scared to hold them six hours in a dry cooler. Cambro, you know, you hear us talk about Cambros in the comp world. And it's what it is. It's an insulated food carrier. And Cambro just happens to be the brand. The one we use is it, what? It's actually a Carlisle. Yeah, like, no, most basically. people use Carlisle's because they're like the generic off-brand, you know, yeah. of the Cambro. Yeah, they're the igloos of the yeah. Yeti world. But you, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you also use cheap coolers too. Yeah. Oh man, a cooler, just a dry cooler will hold barbecue. Now, if you're only putting a slab of rib in a dry cooler, of course you got all this space. It's not going to hold it as long. You need to put something in there to insulate it, like some old dry tiles, tiles or, or yeah, an old tiles. moving blanket works great. But don't be scared to hold the meat. Holding is going to let that cooking process stop, and it's going to let it's your all... rest. It's your yeah. rest. Yeah, that's your rest. And, you know, resting's good because it lets all the juices go back into the center of the meat instead of pushed out on the edges trying to escape. It stops that. Also, it's going to give you some time. I mean, that's that's where you're not in a rush. You know, you got all your meat done. You can travel with it. You know, if you got people yeah. coming over, you can get set up for serving. You don't have to worry about pushing it all the way up to that time limit to where you're trying to serve it. And that's why I like to hold. 
helps us in comps, you know, getting ready for judge and getting ready for tourney. And if we're already ahead of the game, you know, holding is a big part of it, knowing how to hold and how long to hold. Smaller cuts, like your ribs and your chicken, of course, they don't have the holding power. You can Chicken, only, you pretty much want it to go straight from the grill to... To serve. serve, yeah, but I mean, you can hold. You can, Chicken does can. pretty well for up to an hour. Ribs hold a couple hours, and that's about their limit. But just don't be scared to, to when you're thinking about time versus temperature, to always give yourself more time. Now, there's some general guidelines. You know that an eight-pound butt should take between eight and ten hours to cook. So if I'm cooking butts, I'm going to always give myself at least 10, 11 hours. Because I want to get them done and I want to hold them. That way if something goes wrong, I still got a little window built in. Ribs, you know, everybody says three, two, one ribs. But we don't really go by that. I usually cook about a four and a half hour rib. Yeah. But if I'm cooking ribs for a group, I'm giving myself six hours. Because I know I want to get them done and hold them a little bit. You know, same thing. I've, I mean, chicken, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm, I can grill some chicken fast from some yeah. people. But, you know, you just want to take into account, always give yourself a little extra time. And it's especially important on the bigger cuts of meat. Um, you know, your briskets, your butts, when you're having a plan that many hours ahead. With chicken, you know, if yeah, people got to wait 20 minutes for the chicken, that's one thing. If you got to wait an hour and a half for your butt to get done and you're pulling a tough butt trying to serve people. What it comes down to when people ask, most of the time they're either trying to get it done and travel with it somewhere. So they're wanting to know, you know, how to get it there. Or they're wanting to not get up so early and because they got people coming over and they're like, well, can I sleep till 6 a.m.? I mean, get up early. Set your alarm clock. Don't be lazy. Get that meat on. That way it comes off and you can enjoy your get-together, whatever you got going on. Because I promise you, you know, you've been there. You're pushing meat up to the point where you're getting ready to serve a party, and it sucks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got everybody standing around looking at you. What's wrong? You know, nobody wants that. And another question we get a lot is about ribs. People will say, well, I cooked them for this long, and then I wrapped them for this long, and they were either, and they would say either they were too tender, too tough. Yeah. Well, you weren't cooking to to well, the texture. That's once again, people get caught up on that three, two, one. They hear three, two, one, three, two, one. But and they follow it by the book yeah. instead of using, and Cook, it takes a little. That comes into finesse. cooking. Instead of cooking by time before you wrap or internal temperature before you wrap, I cook the color. So the first thing I look for when meat's hitting the grill is going to be when it's the right color because aluminum foil is my friend. That's what's getting me my tenderness. That's what's speeding up cooking through stalls on meat. It's helping render the fat, getting stuff tender. Well, so if I'm doing ribs, into color, what, yeah, I'm looking for color? that mahogany color right before, you know, when all the rub starts working on it, the sugars start to turn, it'll start getting darker, not when it turns black. You know, I'm not going for that meteorite look like you get on Texas brisket. No, that's too dark. I'm going for that mahogany. It's almost like a dark reddish color. When I see that, it's time to wrap no matter what the internal temperature is. I guarantee you it's going to be somewhere between 145 and 165, but that's a 20 point, you know, 20 degree swing that it could be. I mean, is there a difference in wrapping when something's 145 in the right color versus 165 in the right color? Not at all to me, because I know that once I get it wrapped, it's going to push all through it anyway. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, it's all meat hangs out. There's that point to where the fat breaks down and moisture, that last bit of moisture is holding on, you know, before they starts rendering really and lets go. That's your stall period. Once that happens, it skyrockets anyway. So, you and know. And full helps you push through the stall. Exactly. That's all we use it for. I mean, so once you get your ribs wrapped, what are you looking for at that point? I'm looking for tenderness. I mean, I'm looking for pullback on the bone. Is that bone popping through a little bit on the back? 
is it go, is the is it about the flex? You know, about the break where I want it. That's a perfect degree done this rib to me. And then we check them. You know, I'll run right now. We're cooking ribs two fifty to two seventy five. We run them about two hours. Get the color right on them. Get them wrapped up. At one hour wrapped, I'm checking them. Most of the time, it's an hour and a half in the wrap, and then set the glaze another thirty minutes at the most. Yeah. So you're looking at under you know about what four and a half hours at the most. Most of the time they're four hour ribs now. Yeah. The old three two one that people used to say that's that's if you're cooking down at two twenty five and you're fighting an old stick burner and you're, you got one of those ga- uh, electric grills you can't get the temp mm-hmm. up on. That's where three two one came in. Yeah. But nobody's doing that anymore. I think the ribs render better at 250. I mean, when 250, 275, you render the fat out better. I mean, that's why we bump everything up. Pork butt's cooking at 250 now. Brisket, I'm cooking at 250. I mean, ribs, we leave, we leave it all. That's where our cooker sets. And when you're cooking brisket also, you're not necessarily going by internal temp alone. I, it's all it's all appearance on the outside. When I get that brisket bark set and the color's starting to get dark on the outside of it, that's when I wrap it. Now, I do like, here cooking at home, I like a butcher pepper brisket. Mm-hmm. It doesn't steam the outside as much, so you get more of that Texas bark. Uh, the only bad thing about using the butcher pepper is you don't get to catch all that good brisket you. If you're going to use, you know, any kind of brisket dip or something like that at the back end, you're going to have to make that because you're not going to be able to catch it in the paper. The paper uh, absorbs it, and it lets some of it drip out, so, you know, it doesn't catch it. It makes an awesome bark on a brisket, but if you want the if you want the jus, you need to be wrapping with full. And then once you get it wrapped and push through the stall through the wrap process, what are you looking for at that at that point? Um, no resistance. It can be anywhere from 198 to you know 210. Just depends on In the total. brisket. Yeah, it depends on the brisket. I mean, I want it to, I want that I want my probe or the thermometer to slide in. Um, you know, I don't have a set temp. That I'm, I'm, that's where you talk about cooking to feel comes in. Mm-hmm. Brisket's all about feel to me. I mean, it's really done, you know, what beef, heck, you could eat it at, you know, 120 if you wanted to. It's done all through that range, but done as far as judging concerned or eating good brisket, it's always around 200 degrees somewhere. A lot of people say 202, you know, 198, but that's where I start checking 198. And when it feels like, Going in butter, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine how a butter knife feels if you've got a, a, a stick of butter sitting out on the counter. It's done got soft, you know. You take that knife and you go right through it, and it just glides right through it. There's no resistance. That's not like a cold stick of butter coming out of the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm talking about a you know room yeah. temperature stick of butter and knife going right through it. That's the feel I want in brisket. And when you feel that, that's, you get it that's how I know it's all it's done. And then you rest it for how? How long do you rest? I like to rest the brisket or a butt for two hours, yeah, at least. I mean, that really gives it time to stop cooking. It's not, you know, you're gonna have a little bit of carryover, but I've watched it before. You take the brisket out, you vent it, let it sit vented for about five minutes on the table, and then stick it in the cooler or cambro. Leave your probe in it. I'd bet you money it's not gonna climb. It can't. There's no more heat. You let the heat off of it. I mean, it can stay there, but what's going to happen is it's going to drop about 10 or 15 degrees pretty fast, and then it's going to hang out there for hours, hours. And I've had I've had a couple butts in a cooler be hot eight hours later. Yeah. I mean, you know, food handling, food safety says four hours, you know. But, you got to keep it above, what, 160? 140, 140. Yeah. 
you got to stay above 140. Once it, anytime it hits below 140, you got to you know you got a couple hours and you got to get rid of it. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but you know, there's <laughs> there's guidelines. Go to your local food safety guidelines. Take the class and everything. What's it, the serve safe class or whatever it is? I'm not I'm not uh, talking about serving meat here. This is home cooking. So last night we went to rendezvous. We went down to the downtown Memphis. Saw Ole Miss play Memphis. Um, college baseball action, yeah. Redbird Stadium. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, took our son Michael to his first first trip to the rendezvous. That's, that's kind of a milestone <laughs> in a kid's life. And it's at been, least if you live with me, it is. <laughs> it's been a uh, fifteen years since I've been to the rendezvous. It's probably been at least that long since I've been there. <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad at all. We got the sausage and cheese plate. You got to get that if you go to the rendezvous. Yeah. Had to get a pitcher of beer. Of course, we, you know, Michael, they brought him out a half pitcher of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> he really needed it, I promise you. <laughs> but no, sausage and cheese plate was great. We ordered, uh, all ordered slab of, well, it's not a slab, they call it small order, large order. Yeah. Mine was all, heck, it was pretty much a slab of ribs. Yeah. I thought the. I told you you got a special. Well, how do they do their ribs? So the rendezvous style rib, it's not like a. Smoked rib. I don't consider it smoked. They've got these old grills back there, and they cook over charcoal, and they just stack them up in there. And let they them literally cook. stack them? Yeah, man, those ribs are now, I've never been there when they loaded it, but I've seen back in, I've looked back in there, and it just looks like they've got them thrown in the pit. <laughs> and they, they're they just dripping on each other. They're, you know, the, the coals are way down low, so it's really indirect heat cooking them, and it's all dripping, all that, that meat, that pork juice is dripping on those coals, so the smell of the place yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, smell tells you, yeah. But it's, I mean, to me, it's not really a smoked rib. It's more, I didn't see any wood. I just smelled good charcoal with meat dripping on it. And, I mean, it's a different taste. It's a different take on, on doing barbecue. I mean, you know, I guess... Uh, the Virgos comes from Greek roots, so they've got some of that in their food. You can tell. Now, they're not as tender as, say, like we used to be used to eating ribs where, you know, not. I mean, they're definitely not fall off the bone. Um, they cut each bone. Like when they bring it out to you, it's kind of already got a cut through the backside of it, so they're easy to pull apart. And, you know, they're seasoned with their rendezvous season, which is it's a good barbecue season. You know, it has a little bit. It's heavy on the celery. It's yeah. it's a little herby, yeah. But it's, it's still good. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's not as savory as I would like it. The sauce is really good. The though. sauce is good. I do like their sauce. It's a Memphis sauce. It's got a little sweet, but it's got a, you know, you can tell it's still got plenty it's of vinegar, vinegar in it. It's tomato-based. Yeah. But it's great on the side. They serve their ribs dry. They they come off, you know, they come off the pit. They get a little slice in the backside of them. They mop this, like, vinegar mop real thin mop over the top they season them really good with the rendezvous season and they bring them out to you and that's it that's it you get a they little don't... cup of mustard slaw and that, which is great i love that sweet mustard slaw and beans that's how all of them come Did, they don't put it over some flames right before they serve it um i don't i don't think they char grill them i think they just got them stacked up right there in the pit and they pull them off as they need them the one thing like I wish they would have put like a base layer of AP on it. <laughs> yeah, it needed, needed a little salt. It needed, a it needed some more savoriness. Yeah. And a little bit more tender. But they're good. I mean, but they were good. If I want and a different the style. membrane on, and I, I like the membrane on uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not a fan of that. It's like eating some, like I'm baked on wax paper or something. <laughs> I can do without that. Some people like it. It kind of gets crispy to yeah, them. Yeah, it gets crispy. Man, that's a barrier. Well, yeah, I know you heard me say that. That's a barrier. One, um... I'd like for you to try a, a 
not necessarily a rendezvous style because I thought they smoked them and then char grilled them like rib fest style. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's not what they do. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess they could rewarm them some there. I bet yeah. you. I bet you they don't though. I'm thinking they just keep them in the top of that cooker and, and let, let them, they, they use it as a holding box too. Yeah, I wonder if we would have gotten there um, two hours later, would the ribs have been more tender? Probably. Uh, I think that's about normal for what I've had. I mean, I've been to Rendezvous a bunch. We used to go to college all the time. That's their standard rib. They've been doing it that way for, heck, probably 60 years or longer. I don't know when it opened, but... Is it 48? That's a long time. Wow. Wow. But one thing I would like you to try, we're talking about ideas for recipes, is that rib fest style rib where you smoke it and then you hold them you know you could even like refrigerate them and heat them up the next day oh, bring but them you back throw them on the char grill with a little mop and get that crispy flavor after they've been smoked and tenderized yeah that's a different take it definitely is a rib fest rib that's how you see them they uh we normally don't do them like that just because we're you know we're holding it's not our, our style, yeah. yeah it's not our it's not competition style for sure but I like that flavor, yeah. and that's why you probably because you like you want to get that charcoal flavor exactly on the grill. Because I really like that flavor on the rendezvous rib. Yeah, we'll have to try that. See, maybe uh, we'll cook some, and then before we finish, instead of finishing them, just let them cool out all the way. And yeah, then, and then the next day, throw them back on the grill and bring them back. With the, have that sauce sitting there real warm and thin. That way, but you know the vinegar sauce would be great for that. Yes. Just mop it on. Throw them over the coals. Well, people ask all the time, like, can I cook ribs the day before and serve them the next day? And that'd be a good option. That's usually what I tell them. You yeah. know, Rib Fest do it. You got to bring them back some kind of way. Easiest way is bring them back in the oven. You know, that's that's typically what people do. Heck, I've put them in a the microwave in a bag. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, they're good. I promise you. A whole rack. Yeah. Just, well, I kind of split the rack. Yeah. Put it in one of the big Ziploc bags. Leave the little air, a uh, little crack in the in the bag. Don't zip it all the way tight. Yeah. About a minute and a half, man. They'll be steaming. The, the steam inside that bag brings them right back. They're well, good eating. Well, what are you planning on? Have you thought about what you're cooking next week? Yeah, I think next week I'm gonna do some fish. Um, I got a salmon recipe I want to do. It's like with the molasses. Smoke salmon. Yeah, but I'm probably gonna do pieces, and I'm I am gonna smoke it. Uh, put a little you know salt sugar cure on it for a little while. And then I want to do a molasses kind of orange glaze over the top of it. That sounds good. And I'm thinking about adding like a pastrami rub because like a, it's going to, so it's going to be a pastrami smoked salmon with kind of a sweet molasses feel to it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Okay. This is going to be a new one for me. I mean, I've done smoked salmon before, yeah. but I want to play with the glaze and the seasoning. We've had some good smoked salmon and we've had some bad smoked salmon that we've done here and i really think it comes down to the quality of the fish yeah and that's that's the whole thing if it's fishy i won't touch it yeah i'm not so and you don't really know until you get it done mm-hmm. so watch watch the video we do salmon next week and you can really tell if i like it or not <laughs> i'll be spitting it out <laughs> i'm not eating cat food <laughs> so smoked salmon next week that sounds good and this weekend we have a couple contests cooking yeah we've got a kind of a duel i guess it's a duel because mbn and then right after the turn-ins or final judging at mbn we've got an sca contest um i love it when we can do two contests at the same location um you know that's normally we'd be cooking kcbs this weekend up in somerville tennessee but since the uh, sca Added on to the Toka MBM, we're going to go do MBM. And get some practice for a minute. Getting a little shoulder practice in. What are you cooking? 
I'm cooking. cooking two whole shoulders and a couple butts for the money muscles for the pork category. Mm-hmm. And then I got eight slabs of baby backs that I'm going to be cooking for the rib category. Doing four for the blind and four for finals judging if we make it. Which, yeah. Hey, who knows? We didn't cook these in a long time, but I think we got a decent shot, you know. Waylon knows how to cook, and I'm gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna, we, uh, you're gonna give it your best try. I'm gonna give it, yeah, heck yeah. I think uh, I'm really excited about cooking the shoulders because it's something I only cook at Memphis and May. I mean, we don't cook whole shoulders very often, so that's a good little practice. And you know, we got Sal Haven coming up at the end of this month. We'll probably think about doing KCBS and NBN oh, at that gosh. one, and just to cook some more whole shoulders. They doing a steak contest at that one too? No, I haven't okay. seen one. Man, that would be awesome. A triple. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Murfreesboro. Yeah. Because Mike does that up at his contest where you can do all three. But, they, you know, if you do that, you got to do the SCA part on Friday night. And Michael's wanting to do the kids, kids cook, cook in yeah. South Haven. They have a kids cook at this Atoka one, too. The yeah. weather's, man, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be like 34 degrees Friday night, spitting, you know, sleet. I'm ready for springtime. Where's springtime? It keeps yeah. popping in and the winter comes back. Man, let's get some heat going. I normally don't want the heat, but God, I'm ready to sweat. I'm tired of tired of cold, tired of rain, tired of wind. <laughs> this is Mississippi. We're supposed to be warm by now. It's supposed to be flip-flops and Yeah. Cargo shorts and, and yeah. cold beer. That's what I'm ready for. Well, I hope you get it next week, Malk. I don't think so. I looked at the forecast. There's more <laughs> rain coming. Might as well move to Seattle. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, man, I think that's, you know, for the third episode. We're, uh, we're keep turning these out. <laughs> <laughs> no, those podcasts are a lot of fun. I've enjoyed them, man. We're about to get comfortable enough to bring some folks on. And I know I've got a couple people lined up that want to come uh, have some fun with us here and do a little uh, podcasting. And we just appreciate all you guys listening out there. Uh, please send us your comments and questions. Let us know how you think we're doing. Lower Key Right on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can contact us anyway through there. It's kind of hard for us to answer all the YouTube questions. So if you have a question, if you have a comment, comment hit us up on facebook twitter or instagram how to barbecue right we try to answer every single one every one of them hey if you're out competing this weekend give step in give us a shout we'd love to hear from you so thanks for listening to the podcast today and we'll see you next time